Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Friday, September 25th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we're talking Chiefs Ravens with Herbie Tiope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger. It started as a Sportsbeat Live with reader question and comments and now presented as a podcast. Hope you enjoy. Let's get right into it. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live. It's Friday, one day later than we usually operate this program. That's because the Chiefs are playing on Monday night football, I believe for the only time this year. Got some Thursday nights, got some Sunday nights, uh, but this is the only Monday night game. But what a game it is. Chiefs at the Ravens, the two teams that are favored in the AFC. I think that if the, um, at least by the odds, in the preseason and by the odds makers today after a couple weeks in the season. So we are here to talk Chiefs. We're here to take your questions, uh, respond to your comments, and we're here to do it with my buddies and the best coverage team in town when it comes to the Chiefs. Got Herbie Tiope. Hey, I'm, Herbie. Hey, I'm glad they got the star right, right on top of me because you know, got all the Army stuff behind me. Captain America, baby. <laughs> Appropriate that the star is in your block. Vahe Gregorian is here. Hey, Vahe. Hey, Blair. Great to see everybody. Uh, that's all I'm going to be saying today because my horoscope said uh, I should keep my thoughts and opinions to myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beth, take Vahe out and uh, we'll go right to Sam McDowell. Hey, Sam. What's going on, guys? I don't have nearly uh, any, anything nearly as clever as that to say here. <laughs> all right, so we're done with Sam. Hey, Melly, how you doing? What's up? That intro is amazing. Isn't that good? Yeah. That's pretty good. That was Neil. Neil put that together, and uh, that is uh, that's Neil's pretty cool. Man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, got us a game this uh, this Monday night. Uh, got a little little bit of a game going on in in Baltimore. No fans, but two great teams on the field. Let, let's start where we always do, um, or try to do anyway, and that's with the news and some injuries. The, one of the reasons we're doing this on Friday and not our usual Thursday spot was so, so that we could hear some. Andy Reid uh, and some players speak on on Thursday. Uh, the, the Chiefs' schedule, because it's a Monday night game, got pushed forward today. Typically, Andy and Patrick Mahomes and some players would talk on Wednesday. That didn't happen this week. They waited until Thursday. So Thursday was the first day of the injury report, and we had two that did not practice on, uh, on, on uh, Thursday, but some others did. So, Herbie, take us through the injury report. Tell us who did not work out on Thursday, and what are prospects for some of the guys returning? Yeah, you've got some good news and a bad news scenario here, obviously with the Chiefs. Uh, Alex Okafor, the hamstring injury, he suffered that in week one, did not practice. He also didn't play in week two. But the big one there is wide receiver Sammy Watkins. Big hit in early in the fourth quarter in week two, knocked him out of the game, a, a hit that Coach Andy Reid said, hey, he thought it was very questionable. But he's in the concussion protocol. Andy Reid said it's more his neck than his head. Uh, but the fact that he's in the protocol with three days before Monday night, I don't know if he's going to be cleared in time to play. They did welcome back Shaverius Ward, their starting cornerback on the right, oh, excuse me, the left side. He was observed with a huge mitt on his left hand, uh, but he put in a limited practice. Daryl Williams, the running back, also a limited practice. He did not finish week two's game. Frank Clark is back to a full practice, so that's big. Uh, he, he left week two with an illness. And also with another big injury there as far as the cornerback depth is concerned, Antonio Hamilton, who suffered a groin injury in that first half against the Chargers, was able to put in a full practice. So that, that bodes well for the cornerback position with Hamilton and Ward practicing on Thursday. 
Okay. And um, how, how, uh, how effective can a cornerback be with a hand that's bandaged? Um, I guess we've seen it before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And then there's a lot of instances around the NFL where, where cornerbacks, defensive backs, have played with a cast or, or a bandage around their hand. All he needs to do is be able to defend against the pass. It's obviously going to affect maybe how he tackles, uh, but Ward is obviously their best cornerback. And as long as he's able to get on the field, that's going to give the, the Ravens something to think about. And, and the news was good with, I guess, good with Sammy Watkins, right? I mean, that, uh, you know, it, it, it's basically gone from thinking of, thinking of it as a concussion to, to maybe just a neck injury, right? Well, the, the thing is, they're going to err on the side of caution here because he is in the concussion protocol. He's going to have to be cleared by independent doctors before the Chiefs allow him to get back on the practice field. Obviously, we should know more today's after Friday's practice. Uh, but if he's not out there, you have to think they're going to maybe shut him down save him for week four. Yeah. Uh, and so it, let's just, let's just say he doesn't play on, on Monday night that uh, elevates who Byron Pringle, Marcus Kemp, either one, both. I mean, I don't know how many offensive snaps either one has taken this year, but I don't, you know, the, the position is so strong anyway. I, I don't know if that's a, if, if there's a big drop off from Sammy Watkins. I don't believe so either. And here's the thing, McCole Hardman last week, had a lot of snaps after coming off week one where he hardly saw the field. So they do have depth there. I know Patrick Mahomes on Thursday was asked how comfortable he was throwing to Byron Pringle and Marcus Kemp. And, and Mahomes actually mentioned the depth of the wide receivers. They've practiced with him. He knows them. Pringle's been in the system. This is his second year. Marcus Kemp has been with the team for a couple of years as well. So I don't think there's going to be that big of a drop-off. Okay, and one more sort of housekeeping uh, point of order here. The return of Mike Pinnell. Uh, probably no small thing uh, in this game. He comes off his two-game suspension. He is uh, going to you know, put, they're going to put him on the field against one of the better rushing uh, games in the NFL. I, I look, he's going to be it's got to be rusty, right? But but good to have Mike Pinnell back. And here's the key thing, and it's also good you are getting Mike Pinnell back because when you consider Colin Saunders is on injured reserve with the elbow injury, the Chiefs gave up 183 yards last week against the Chargers. In last week's meeting in week three, the the Ravens gashed the Chiefs for 203 yards and and four touchdowns. This was before Mike Pinnell. When Pinnell arrived in midseason, the Chiefs started clamping down against the run. He's a good run stuffer, so you got to have him in there. Plus, I got this little uh, uh, this email, not a little, but an email today from from the Ravens. Maybe you guys got it too. Uh, just sort of some notes from the Ravens uh, at the end of the week, and here it's it, it, and it reads: Since Lamar Jackson became became Baltimore's starting quarterback, the Ravens' offense has rushed for at least two hundred yards in fifteen different games. This output triples the NFL's next best figure with five, which is the Titans. So. 15 games, um, uh, I think it's out of about, what, 30, I think it's 33 for uh, Lamar Jackson starts. Uh, 15 times they've rushed for over 200 yards. And I don't know, if you're looking for ways to, uh, looking at reasons uh, to to find uh, a a Ravens advantage here, uh, this this would seem to be one of them. Uh, Let's just talk about that for a second, the uh, where, where Baltimore can hurt the Chiefs in in this game. Look, you know, Baltimore has done some good things. Ravens have done some good things to the Chiefs against the Chiefs here in the last two years. Chiefs have come out on top in both games. But it just seems to me that Baltimore is built in a way that, uh, well, look, they've won 14 straight regular season games. They do this to every team. But uh, they – 
they definitely have an advantage in the running game, and that is um, that is someplace where the Chiefs have proven vulnerable. Am I not right about that? You can let you can let Melly take this one because it seems like every week he always tweets out, "There goes that run defense." <laughs> take it away, Melly. <laughs> yeah. They haven't really stopped the run in like three or four years, and I just I keep waiting for a team to just pound it, and you know I'm and, talking and about stay like with 30. it. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm talking about like 30, even 40 called run plays, and there's been teams occasionally that we see that that do it. And then they get away from it when they get down a touchdown. And I just look like <laughs> every NFL coach knows, you know, a million times more about the game than, than I ever will. But it just seems logical to me that you, you should not, you should stick with the run as long as you possibly can. That down a touchdown does not matter. That um, that is because it, it's, it's two things. It keeps Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and everybody else off the field, and it's also the most effective way to move the ball against the Chiefs. And now, <laughs> Chiefs fans won't like to hear this, but maybe that's a little bit different if Charvarius Ward doesn't play. Um, certainly, Bashad Breland's not going to play. Uh, you know, maybe, and, and Mike Pinnell is going to play, so maybe you have some other options, you know, more down the field. And Lamar Jackson is a hell of a passer. We talk about his legs all the time, but he is a hell of a passer as well. Uh, but I, I just I keep waiting for a team to just pound it, pound it, pound it. And the Ravens are uniquely positioned to do that. They have, uh, you know, three starting caliber running backs, and that doesn't include Lamar Jackson, who might be a better runner than all of them. I don't know if this was the last time it happened, but it's one of the more memorable times that it happened was in the, the 2017 playoff loss to the Titans when the Chiefs were yeah. down yeah. 21 to th- or the Chiefs were up 21 to three at halftime in Tennessee. Look, they they got the you know they, they got the, the the freaky touchdown pass to himself to Marcus Mariota, but really that game in the second half was defined by Travis Henry and what the and what the Titans did on the ground in the second half of that game. Yeah, I mean, defensive backs lined up as defensive ends um, <laughs> against an overloaded Titans offensive line. Oh, that was that was easy to see. <laughs> Hey, well, I mean, it bears mention, obviously, the last time – I mean, they've played them since, but the last time the Chiefs lost was was really because of the running game, right? I mean, Derrick Henry in Nashville. Yeah. Um, I know, again, they played again since, but um, I I think there is a bit of – look, they're going to – a book is going to be forming on the Chiefs one way or another, and it turns out it's not uh, just, you know, Andy Reid and his staff and then the rest of the league is the Three Stooges. I mean, they're, they're going to keep working at it and – I think it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves over time. And um, I, I thought the Chiefs showed some vulnerabilities with their tackling and, and uh, stuff just last week. Maybe that gets better as the season goes along a little bit. But they had a lot of chances to stop people in the backfield last week or um, you know, just with good angles on hits that you would have thought would bring people down um, and didn't. That, that was a hell – I'm sorry to jump in, but um, Terrence, I forgot his last name, the, the, the comment that just popped up. I thought Yeah, that was Terrence Wardell Robinson, one of our great uh, readers here. It's, it's a terrific comment, didn't it? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Go ahead. Really smart point um, that he just made about the, the Ravens being positioned to attack those linebackers. I, I could not agree with Terrence more about you know that sort of being the, the weak spot of, of the defense, and you can attack them like he's saying just both in, in, in coverage – uh, Mark Andrews is, is a dangerous tight end, um, and that, that gets into the run game as well. And, and again, the, the Ravens, like, you know, they say, like, styles make fights, right? Um, and, you know, I feel like not just 
the two best teams in the NFL. And, and I do feel like these are the two best teams in the NFL. Um, but the styles that they play, I think, are you know sort of just well positioned for just a really interesting, fun to watch matchup. I can't wait. And that, that again, Terrence's point about the linebackers is a really smart one. To that point on the linebackers, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. This, this is why getting Mike Pinnell back is going to be huge. If you remember during the second half of last season, a lot of defensive players were saying having him in there and his ability to command double teams frees up the linebackers to flow to the action. And I don't think we saw a lot of that in these last two games because they were able to, to, to shed Colin Saunders and maybe even Tano Passanio or even Tashawn Wharton because the, the two last two players I mentioned there are, are natural defensive ends. Now you have a natural run stuffer who's, who yeah. does all the dirty work, the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheets. He's able to command those double teams and free up the flowing action behind him. And I think this should help them a lot, having Pinnell back. Yeah. That, to, to me, though, that that's uh, against a normal running team. The Ravens run the ball differently than everybody else in the NFL does. And to, to me, the keys are going to be the defensive ends because the Ravens run so much read options that I think Frank Clark defends that play pretty well. But the, the Chiefs are going to be playing a lot of Mike Dan on the other end. How many guys like Lamar Jackson has he ever seen in his career? Probably zero. So to me, that's going to be a, a key matchup and probably one that the Ravens are going to try to exploit is whatever side Dan is lining up on. Hey, what he had a heck of a play though when uh, against the Chargers, didn't he? When he did. He, uh, when he didn't didn't bite on that play fake and took the fullback out and got the sack. I that was as good a defensive play as as I've seen the Chiefs make this year. That was that was just a terrific play. Um, so maybe he's a little bit mature beyond his years, but you're right, Sam. He's, nobody plays uh, def- defends a player like Lamar Jackson. He's just he's just terrific. You know, one thing about him, though, um, I keep hearing that you can't uh, – the, the Ravens are at, at quite a disadvantage when they fall behind because it's just not the type of offense uh, that can play from behind. I remember the game at Arrowhead last well, two years ago, right? It was Jackson's fourth or fifth start. They got behind big. I'm sorry, it was last year's game. Did they get year, behind yeah. by a couple of touchdowns, and, and Jackson brought him back, and, and that and the Chiefs needed to pick up a, a critical third down um, to to keep the drive alive and keep the possession. So i I think I think this Ravens offense can uh, can do damage in, from behind, from in front. I I just think it's. Um, uh, and we certainly have seen the first two games. They've just toyed with uh, the, the Texans and I forget who they played the the, the opener. The but, uh, oh, the Browns, right? So, yeah. but okay. So let's talk about where where the Chiefs can hurt the Ravens. And uh, a lot a lot of folks are talking about have we have we seen the Chiefs uh, at their best? Uh, uh, has Andy Reid really opened up his playbook? One thing for sure is that you know in these these two these last two years they have played Baltimore really really well now um, and they, they've won but emerged with victories in both games. I, I don't I don't know I don't know if the Ravens are better this year than they were last year. The Chiefs are better this year. I don't know. Uh, the game is at a different venue that that makes a difference. It's going to be played in front of no fans. I think that makes a difference. Uh, could make a difference. But where where can the Chiefs? hurt the Ravens and where have they done so in the past? Anybody? Well, I think we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, the injuries um, that the chiefs have that are going to make things a little bit more difficult. Uh, The Ravens, Tavon Young is, is a really good cornerback and he's hurt. He's not going to play. And that screws with their defensive rotation. They've got some guys that they felt like 
can can sort of stop Travis Kelsey, which is obviously an important thing. But now those guys need to play on the outside. It just that, that screws with them, you know, in a very important way that I think the Chiefs can exploit. They they also obviously, I mean, the Chiefs are going to have no matter who they're playing, right? they're going to have an advantage. Sorry, they're going to have an advantage. I'm going to hit you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just I want to chime in and say that Sam's kids talking got my dogs to bark. So we got a great combination going here. What's well, um, the most sensible thing we've heard from anybody today? So. <laughs> yeah, let's just say that uh, we would have needed a different rating on this show. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, all I know is that there are people in the Kansas City media calling for Mahomes to be benched. Um, <laughs> at least that's how I understood it on Twitter the other day. Um, hey, look, I, I do think this though. Patrick uh, hasn't hasn't obviously hasn't played his best game. He's been, and it, it really is interesting. We've seen a couple questions come up about the difference in the line play from game one to game two, and obviously at some level that's just about who they were playing, right? But I but I do think um, it's it always starts up front, and I what I don't know now is. Uh, what we really, what really should make of the line at this stage? Well, the the Ravens got some guys on the defensive yeah. line, uh, yeah. So that that's going to be a key matchup again. But what makes the Ravens so unique is they bring blitzes in different manners than probably any other team in the NFL does. And Patrick Mahomes said last year he saw a look from the Ravens that he had he had seen only once on tape before. Now, I do think that's probably where Patrick Mahomes has improved most since he came into the league to now is, is recognizing things that perhaps he hasn't seen before, some some off-script stuff, and maybe that gives him more of an advantage against the Ravens than, than the average NFL quarterback. But um, you, you can bet that, that the Ravens – I mean, John Harbaugh said it. Herbie and I were on the call this week that they do view this game as a, a big-time game. You know, you don't often hear coaches say – yeah, this game means a little bit more than another game, but he basically said that. He said it's a primetime game. We know these guys are the defending champs. We know we're going to have to beat these guys at some point. Um, so I, I think we're going to see some unique stuff defensively from the Ravens that, that it even unique to us, but also unique to Patrick Mahomes as well. Here, here's my biggest takeaway from the two games, and I know there's a lot of concern out there about the Chiefs offense, but it, it's a matter of them adjusting to how the defense is playing them. This is two straight games where we've seen the defense play two safeties back, and they're playing them deep. And, and that's one thing that, that we've always heard at, on these post-game press conferences is, yeah, they're taking away the deep ball. Don't be surprised. I mean, the NFL is, a, is 100% a copycat league. And, and you know, they're, the Ravens' defense has the personnel to do that, obviously. So they're probably looking at what, what, how the Chargers were able to slow down this Chiefs offense. So I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they're all playing back. I like the point that uh, Kyle Coffey just made, that Holmes is great against blitzing. Ravens blitz a ton. Chargers had success dropping back and rushing four. That's exactly right. It's so the, the, the Baltimore does blitz a lot, and then so they play man in the back, and that's why Mahomes has had two terrific passing games uh, against the Ravens. Two, I think I figured out uh, his, two of his top seven in terms of passing yards have been against the Ravens, and uh, with I, I want to say without an interception, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he has picked apart the Ravens secondary. So. Uh, this is the ability to get the, the you know the, the ball out and find the the, the hot receiver. Uh, I, I do think we're going to see a, a defense play the Chiefs differently than we did the Texans and the Chargers that try to keep the Chiefs in front of them the entire time. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case with the Ravens. One thing we do know about the Ravens is they have a certain cornerback 
that um, that will just uh, absolutely delight in meeting the Chiefs on, on on Monday night, and that's Marcus Peters. And he's already Chiefs have already played against him once, and that was uh, against the Rams in that crazy Monday night game. And Peters had a pick in that game. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Marcus had a had a big moment. I don't know if he's going to have a big game, but Sam, can't you see him having a big moment in this game? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. Um, <laughs> He's obviously like a very emotional player, um, not as emotional as he was when he was 22, 23 or whatever, but he thrives on that. He uses it for good. And um, I, I think that it's a, it's a respectful thing with him. Um, he has a lot of friendships in that, in that locker room with the Chiefs still. Um, he has a lot of respect for, you know, Mahomes, obviously, and, and Tyreek Hill and those guys. But, uh, yeah, there, there's no question that we, we were just talking a couple minutes ago about how um, I think, Herbie, you brought up the point about, you, you don't hear coaches talk often about, you know, this regular season game means a little bit more. Um, sure as hell know that it means a little bit more to Marcus Peters. Uh, there, <laughs> there, there's no doubt about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that was McDowell that brought up that point, but I was the one who asked the question to Harbaugh. Shout out to Darren Smith. <laughs> well, look, the, um, the, 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 Raven, the Ravens are going to play like the Ravens play. I, I think I think they're going to – they're a team that makes – I mean, everybody in the NFL makes adjustments based on who they're playing, but the Ravens are a team that more so says you adjust to us. And I don't know which comments are made the point on here, but, yeah, the Chargers only blitzed two of like 48 Chiefs dropbacks last week and still got pressure. I, I think Mahomes is going to be pressured often because the Ravens are going to bring more guys. And so they're going to have one-on-one matches with Marcus Peters throughout this game. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, Marcus Peters going for the big play, I, I think could open up some things deep that the Chiefs haven't seen in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, he, he's going to have big plays both I mean, that, that's what Marcus does, right? Like he'll make an interception that you think, oh, my God, how do you do that? And then he'll give up a big play when he's trying to make an interception too. It's going to – I mean, like, styles make fights, man. This is I, – I, I cannot wait. This is such a good matchup. <laughs> Okay, let's. Yeah, go ahead, Oh, sorry. Just, just kind of the the uh, thing that I lament is that if uh, Marcus does what we think he might and plucks a ball and punts it into the stands, uh, Sam, you're not going to have Dustin Colquitt to ask to break it down anymore. It just shows up <laughs> I've changed. Yeah, that story's been done. <laughs> <laughs> only by you. <laughs> and only hey, let's the right talk, way. Let's talk about the Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson um, <laughs> battle here. Uh, Melly, I know that you have written. Uh, I don't think it's been po- it's been posted, but uh, not in print yet about the the, the rivalry that is uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. The previous two MVPs. It got me thinking uh, when when I heard you were going to write it. It got me thinking. Well, this this would be interesting. I wonder if I could come up with great quarterback rivalries in NFL history. And the fact is, after Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, there hasn't there wasn't anything like that before. There. Look, there have been some Super Bowl meetings and uh, some others where, like, great quarterbacks played at the same time and their teams played against each other, but it wasn't defined or shaped as a quarterback rivalry the way Brady versus Manning was and I think the way that Mahomes-Jackson is going to be. Um, tell, tell us about what you wrote and and, uh, and, and wh- why you decided to get into that topic. Yeah, I mean – Look, what, what I feel in my heart is that, I mean, this is going to be the rivalry that defines the next 10 years. I mean, I, I know like the NFL changes week by week and, and, you know, projecting anything longer than 
a month <laughs> or a year at the most can can make yourself look pretty silly. But um, it, it's it's set up. It's set up perfectly. I mean, um, Mahomes is 25. I think Lamar is 24. Um, you know, they're they're not just both great quarterbacks, um, but they both have great head coaches. They're they're playing for good organizations that are going to surround them with talent. I mean, all the pieces are in place for this to be the rivalry that again that, that defines the next 10, 15 years of the NFL the way that Manning Brady did. And and more than that, um, God, I hope that's the case. You know what I mean? Because um, it, it is such a fun right. It, it's basically like Manning Brady, but with better highlights. You know what I mean? Like these are super smart, accurate, good passers, all that stuff. And, and also just insanely athletic, um, creative. Um, I mean, these guys are doing things that we haven't seen quarterbacks do before. And the fact that they're in the same conference, um, they're going to be, you know, both those teams are going to be playing a lot of first place schedules, I think. And, and they're also hopefully going to meet in the playoffs a lot too. It's just, it, it is set up to be one of the most fun things about the NFL for a very long time. One of the more confusing things to me is just the doubt that surrounds Lamar Jackson. And I understand that his first year he lost a playoff game. But at that point, you know, it, it seemed like everybody thought, OK, well, he's, he's played a team twice and he's been figured out. But then he did it again last year and he won the MVP last year and in, in, in a runaway he deserved to win the MVP last year. Now coming into this year, I, for whatever reason, you still heard the same thing that. You know, yeah, but he didn't do it in the playoffs, so he's been figured out. He can't win in the playoffs because of his style. And I know we haven't seen a quarterback or anybody play the quarterback position the way that Lamar Jackson plays it, at least not successfully for a sustained period of time. But to me, the guy every single week has been proven proven those people wrong. So I don't understand the doubt that, that this guy can't last because everything that he's done so far proves that he can. He's really good, too. Uh, I mean, like – he was so much better. Obviously he won the MVP. He was so much better last year than he was the year before, and you know, kind of a partial season. And he's a better passer now than he was even last year when he completed, I think like 67% of his passes, something like that. I mean, he just looks so confident. Um, he's thrown through tight windows, um, anticipation throws. I mean, it's, it's something, it's something to behold. I mean, he's got, I linked it in the column. He, he threw, um, you know, a touchdown pass to Willie Sneed. I think it was in the Browns game that was just yeah. perfect. Cannot be improved upon. Dropped it just over the head of one defensive back, just in front of another. Perfectly placed. I don't know. You know, it's not one of these like only Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson can make the throw, but that it was a high level throw. You know, the kind of thing where, you know, three years ago, whatever it was when he was coming out of the draft and, you know, he needs to go to receiver or can he throw whatever. Now that guy, I'm convinced if, if he was just a normal athlete, you know what I mean, and, and just had to rely on his passing, I think he could be a good NFL quarterback. I think he's that good of a passer now. The thing that really jumps out to me about Lamar Jackson, if you go back to last year where he kind of announced to a national audience, I'm a passer. That five-touchdown game against the Los Angeles Rams where he was just throwing dimes left and right, those were some phenomenal throws. And McDowell, you're absolutely correct. People just need to shed that doubt. He is a quarterback. He's an athlete, and he's a quarterback, and he's an elite quarterback. You don't win the MVP award if you suck. That's just the bottom line. Hey, just one quick addition, uh, and I noticed that uh, somebody's checking in from Myanmar. That's nice to see. Um, hey, just, shout, uh, shout out to Sean Schloss. Thank you, Sean. 
I, just this, I mean, all these points wrapped up in one. I, I, I don't doubt that he's going to have great success in the playoffs going ahead, but I do think that's that's basically the reason, right, that, that people have uh, still held out some skepticism about him. You've got to demonstrate it in, the, in that kind of heat of the moment. Um, I, obviously, he's capable. I, I, I truly believe he will, but, but he hasn't yet, and that's, that's a little bit of a difference till you see it done. It sounds like you're one of those. (laughs) People say, uh, (laughs) yeah, I just remember. That's right. And I, maybe we talked about this at at some other point on uh, earlier in the week. I can't quite remember, but I just remember the, um, once they got behind some of the body language in that playoff game against the Titans, just, it was not, it was exactly the opposite of what you see from Patrick in those situations. And, it, you know, it, it's just a, a glimpse at a, at a part of a game, right? So I, I don't want to make it sound like it's it's absolutely that's who he is or anything like that. I don't think that at all. But I just think that's the place where he needs to, to you know, show more growth. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't necessarily – I mean, we, we talked a little bit about how they got behind to the Chiefs last year. But in a situation where he has to pass the ball and that's the only out, that's the situation he still has to prove. And they got down so, what was it, three possessions against the Titans last year that they were in that situation. To me, the Ravens are good enough to where they can go through an entire postseason without ever putting themselves in that situation. I mean, being down two scores in the first half, you can come back from that. It's whether or not, like, the the, the situation last year or you get down two scores in the fourth quarter. The Ravens' whole strategy, of course, and the way they're built is not to ever be put in that situation in the first place. Because right now, I mean, we we talk about Lamar Jackson's passing numbers. I mean, he led the league in t- passing passing touchdowns last year. Obviously, he passes against different coverages than most NFL quarterbacks just because of the way he can run the ball. Okay, hey, and Sam McDowell, let's uh, w- one more thing on on. Uh, let's su- switch to Patrick Mahomes and the story that you just wrote that's been posted. That was really interesting. You know, Mahomes, we've seen him beat teams with his arm. Uh, last Sunday, he beat the help Chargers with his uh, with his running ability, and that's happened a couple of times before. But there's actually another quality that Patrick Mahomes possesses that really gives him an advantage, and it comes from an unlikely place. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish there were more like readily available actual hard data on this. Um, I, I found something just from 2018 or 2019, actually, the last November. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is really good at the hard count, really good at getting free plays. And I think it, it's going to show up more this year, like like you guys, Blair and, and Vahe, saw last week because they're playing in empty stadiums. You can hear them more now. It used to be that you could use that hard count at home, but using it on the road was basically an impossibility, especially a, a week like this week when you're going to play in a Monday night crowd. But you're going to see it this week. Mahomes has been using the hard count. He drew the Chargers off sides four times last week and got three free plays. And, man, when Patrick Mahomes gets a free play, he goes for it all. And he did it He did it a couple times last week. One of them got intercepted. And it was just funny to me because the Chargers are kind of going nuts, thinking they're up by eight. They got the ball back. They're in Chiefs territory. And there's Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the field just signaling off sides. He knows it immediately. And that's what else has been really, you know, John Harbaugh said that on the call this week, too, that a lot of quarterbacks will just take the five yards. But Mahomes snaps the ball as soon as he knows he's got the guy and takes the free play. And we've seen referees, especially over the past two or three years, 
call, blow the whistle, blow those plays dead more often because they want to protect the quarterbacks. So not only does he have a skill in drawing the defense off sides, but he also has a skill in ensuring that he's going to get the free play out of it. Um, but it was interesting just writing that story. I talked to his high school coach, and it was a play that they ran throughout their high school, uh, throughout Patrick Mahomes' high school career. They called it freeze. He actually had a hard date on how many times they'd run it. I think they'd run it 41 times. They'd gotten nine offsides calls from it. It scored five touchdowns on it, including the first and last time he ever ran it. So it's something he's been doing his whole life. And he actually said yesterday that his voice being so unique actually helps him in that situation because it just stands out so much. And I thought that was pretty funny. It was. It was. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. All right, guys, time to play a little candy corn. Yes, Herbie's, Herbie's favorite part of the show. And uh, this is where uh, you get to know these guys a little bit better. Uh, not that you'd want to, but, uh, but uh, we're going to ask them a question. Um, and I'll tell you what, guys, today, not only the, the question that, that I supplied last night, but let's do that. Plus, how about a score for, for Monday night games, Monday, night, Monday night's game at Baltimore? So I'll ask you the question. And the question, of course, is in honor of the uh, – tribute as a tribute to – uh, to Gail Sayers, who passed away uh, earlier this week. Um, so depending on, I guess, your age, your generation, you know him for different different reasons, right? Um, if you're a little bit older than than me, uh, you you knew him as you, you remember him as a great Chicago Bears running back. You remember him as a great running back at University of Kansas. And um, if you're my age, and and Vahe, I, I think we're going to lead off with you, but I'll say. Um, I, I knew him the, the first time I really got to know Gail Sayers was through the movie Brian Song, which was uh, just, I think, one of the great sports movies. It was a made-for-TV movie in 1971. And uh, so I asked these guys to think about their favorite sports movies. And, um, and so let's do that. Let's go down the list. And uh, what's your favorite sports movie? And how about the score of the Monday night game? Vahe, let's start with you. Well, I'm going to say first, I, I, I thought about this a lot and I wanted to just say the word flubber. So I thought about son of flubber. Um, I thought about any given Sunday, but that was only because I'd like to hear Therese do Al Pacino from that movie. And we don't have that opportunity. <laughs> um, I, I really do. I, you know, the movie that stands out the most, I think it's sort of a semi recency bias thing really is Brian's song, just because of the impact it made on me. And I think you could identify with that too, Blair, at that age. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, let's see, Rocky, Miracle, 42, and Caddyshack um, among them. But I, it, right here, right now, I'm going to go with Brian's song. Okay. 
Slipping in Caddyshack as a sportsman. I love it. It's good. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll, 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 uh, turn, we'll, we'll turn to the youth. Uh, Sam McDowell. First of all, Vahe said 1971 was recency bias. I just want to point that out. <laughs> um, I hate to be as basic as uh, somebody on this show last week picking McDonald's as their favorite fast food restaurant. Um, but the Rocky franchise for me is is always going to be my favorite sports movies. And actually, you know what? When they the Creed was an incredible movie. When the, the first Creed is probably about my favorite. Um, somehow in the Rocky franchise, they always make him the underdog. You know, it's no matter what movie, he could be the world champion going into the movie. By the end of the movie, for the last fight, he's the underdog. The underdog story is hard to get away from. Uh, but as a bonus, since Bahe threw in about four bonuses, uh, Mighty Mighty Ducks. I always loved Mighty Ducks as a kid. Still think it's good. Um, final score for the game, I think the Ravens are going to win. Um, I, 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 you can't pick Patrick Mahomes to lose by more than a possession since he's never done it before. Um, but it, it feels like a game-winning field goal type of game to me. So I'm going to go like 30-27 Ravens. Okay. Hey, Vahe, let's go back and get your, uh, your pick. Yeah, I've got the same score except without the nine-point play by the Ravens. I've got uh, Chiefs 27-21. <laughs> okay. All right, Herbie, what you got? Uh, sports movie. If you build it, they will come. Okay, Field of Dreams was probably at the top of my list. But nobody plays washed-up Ohio State quarterbacks better than Keanu Reeves. So I got to go with point break as well as the replacements. And it's a tie. Go Shane Falco, baby. As far as the final score, I'm going to agree with Sam. I I, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with a score of 35-31. The, the replacements is worse than your candy corn answer. That that is awful. That is your favorite. I mean, that is awful. Shane Shane Falco, baby. How how can you not like Shane Falco? How am I the only one that spoke up on that answer? I mean, that is that is awful. I don't want you to just how bad candy corn is, though. Let's not, <laughs> not get out of control. Yeah. All right, Melly. Um. So, and I promise I'm not. <laughs> saying this just because of what Herbie just said. Uh, but my, my sports movie hot take is that uh, Field of Dreams is garbage. <laughs> that's wow. what wow. I think. Uh, but I love, there's there's too many to pick just one. Uh, I love Bob. Oops. Hey, lost, just for on, that, lost your audio. audio. <laughs> Herbie, what did you do that? <laughs> we, we lost him. We lost him. Yeah. This take was so bad that we lost him. Shoeless Joe Jackson heard you say that Field of Dreams was garbage. Okay, yeah, he can come out of the cornfield or whatever and speak up. Um, I just, I think there's so many great ones. Uh, the ones that I don't think we've mentioned so far. I want to make sure. Uh, Remember the Titans, great movie. On my list. Uh, White Man Can't Jump. Also the Natural, Unbelievable, Hoosiers, Bull Durham, Varsity Blues. Uh, but I think. It's just like a, a watchable, like rewatchable. You know, if it's on cable, I'm hooked. You know, for the next two hours is Major League. God, that's a good movie. Um, I'm gonna the the score. Um, and somebody just said this. Was it Herbie? Uh, Thirty to twenty-seven. That was the score that. Uh, oh, that, that, that was okay. Sam Mack. That's that's the second time you've confused me with Herbie on this call. Yeah, by give, the way. give proper credit. You guys are basically the same person to me. My God. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm say I'm saving this to last, uh, just because you may just kick me out, and if you do, you know you're tough but fair. But um, I've never seen Brian's song. 
Wow. I knew there'd be one among us, but I thought it would be I thought it would be uh 2.0 instead of you. Sorry. That's your that's your assignment for today. It yeah. is too, too recent. Too recent for you to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the the entire seventy-four minute production is available on YouTube. So that'll be your assignment today. Um and 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 when you do see it, consider it's 1971 and not you know 2020. The, the production value it was a made-for-TV movie, and um, oh, he's already lowering the expectations. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so all the movies on all the movies on my list have been uh, uh, accounted for. I'll, I'll I'll add two more just because um, I, I just thought I thought League of Their Own with uh, Gina Davis and Tom Hanks was 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 hilarious um the the women's professional baseball league movie and i'll just remember this from uh, uh just a, a good family sports family movie if you haven't seen cool runnings about the jamaican bobsled team uh that was uh in, in the 88 olympics uh, a lot of fun and uh we, we had a great time as a family watching that so hey look i uh, I've, I've heard i've also heard the um i guess one of the Going last uh, comes with its issues, and, and uh, I, the score that's actually online right now is Ravens thirty, Chiefs twenty seven, and we haven't uh, we haven't talked about this at all. But and I know that uh, Sam you, uh, Sam Mellinger, you wrote about the kickers or Harrison Butker. Uh, you know, Butker is obviously phenomenal. Had the two fifty eight yarders last week. All he you know his career accuracy percentage on field goals is over ninety percent. That's unbelievable. In Brian, in Brian's song time, that you know, extra points weren't ninety percent made. <laughs> but um, but there's only one kicker in the NFL history in NFL history with a greater accuracy, um, career accuracy. And that's Justin Tucker of the Ravens. So so fantastic kicking duel if it comes down to that between uh, Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker. All right, guys, it's going to do it. Appreciate it. Uh, had a great time. Uh, listen, the coverage of the Chiefs not just this week, but every week throughout the year is fantastic on KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star because of the guys that are on the screen right now. And today, it's Friday. That means Mellinger Minutes for your ears is dropping today. Who's the guest today, Sam? Uh, The voice of the Ravens, um, and his name is Jerry Sandusky. He spells it with a G. He's no relation to the Penn State coach. Just want to put that out there. Uh, He's he's really good at what he does. He's smart. It was a really good conversation. We broke down the game. Looking forward to it. So that'll be uh, on KansasCity.com today. Make sure you listen to it. And if you want to listen to this conversation again, it'll be presented as a podcast on Sportsbeat KC later today. So for Vahe, Sam, Sam, and Herbie, and our producer, Beth Welsh, thanks a lot. And we will talk to you again after the game on Monday night. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to the entire Chiefs team of Sam McDowell, Herbie T.O.B., Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are 52 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole bit. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, 
plus news, sports, and business coverage that comes with the e-edition. That's bonus stuff. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.